Who have you got playing the part of Jav this week? Um, the Jav AI. <laughs> it's going to be a quiet <laughs> show then, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You're listening to the Host Unknown Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening from wherever you are joining us. And welcome to episode 94-ish of the Host Unknown Podcast. Welcome already. and all. Indeed, we are just a mere month and a half away from our centenary. A mere two weeks away. Exactly. <laughs> Do you know, I keep meaning, every, every, every week we record, I keep meaning to go back and, and count every single episode and go back and make sure. <laughs> I just... Almost, Lose I just, the will to do it, right? Uh, at the, the moment I hit, I hit publish, I'm like... Done. Now, I am <laughs> counting the unpublished episodes, which we have awaiting, you know, sort of major life events. Uh, yeah, but there's only one, though. There's only one. Uh, oh, yeah, you don't know the one about your death, do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> or the one about your death. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, so we're like episode 99 then. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. We would be at 100, but we just couldn't be bothered to do one for Jav. <laughs> Oh dear, <laughs> he's he's been dead to us for months anyway. Uh, anyway, how you been, Andy? Uh, not too bad, actually. Well, I'll say not too bad. It's been a crazy week, right? Not just here, around the world. Oh uh, obviously, God. waking up to the, uh, you know, one day we're joking about World War Three, and the next day it started. It's World War Three, um, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know those memes about uh, laughing at memes about World War Three until midnight, then suddenly the sun comes up. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's it's actually not as funny as it was, uh, you know, a, a no, week or so ago. No, no, exactly. But but you do get a good suntan. Uh, indeed, for those for those brief three seconds, you're still alive. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Wow, it has been a weird week, hasn't it? Yeah. And, uh, well, I'm surprised you even know about what's going on because you've been working so much. Uh, well, I have that, but uh, we have a lot of clients. Who, uh, so uh, I'm going to tell you about something. So third party, uh, what do you call it? Third party management, right? Uh, supply chain management, vendor management from a security angle, right? You know, not about the procurement contracts type thing, but, you know, from the security controls piece. So I deal a lot with those queries from, um, you know, clients, big strategic clients, the big sort of banks and, um, you know, governments and things like that. And I've seen a huge maturity in their processes over the years. And certainly in recent times, the level of information they are asking for is now just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and I think there's one that I, uh, I mentioned to you about a particular financial institution in the US who is wanting to know which patches we have applied. Like They, they sent a list of vulnerabilities and the, the correlated CVEs, and they want us to confirm whether or not they're patched. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. um you know one who are you what are you going to do with this information yeah um you know the fact it's signed by a yuri or uh you know <laughs> this is <laughs> please uh please send, yeah send information back to uh myself and vlad yeah. um to yeah it's just crazy. At... <laughs> yeah fsb.ru <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, come on, like if you guys manage these type of uh, processes, just be realistic about what you're asking for, 
and why we should trust you with that information. <laughs> you yeah. Know? You're outsourcing these services for a reason or you're buying these services for a reason. Um, <clears throat> and uh, It's, it's yeah. a little, it, it harkens back to that story we covered a little while back about people who maintain, you know, APIs and little black box pieces of code in their, you know, in their own time, out of their own free will. Yeah. <laughs> and now being hit with these, you must supply us with this information on the security of your product. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> You're not even paying me for this, let alone <laughs> anything yeah. else. And I love it. The, the bigger the, the, I think the bigger the institution, they're like, please provide this information, you know, within the next 48 hours at the latest. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, you realize we're a multinational, you know, <laughs> Yeah, multi-billion dollar company, right? I don't even know what service you take from us. Right? Yeah, let me look at our catalog me... of seventeen thousand services. It's it's gonna take me forty-eight hours to even know who you are yeah. and what you do. You know, yeah, Salesforce just isn't that good. You know, much as people <laughs> think it is, it's uh, there's a lot of information around that needs looking at. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I digress. So this is this is why I know why you know what's been going on. Yeah, uh, and also right. we do have a very good threat intelligence team, yeah. so I will uh, also, give kudos to them. You know what's going on? It's something to do with Russia, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> As I understand, Ukraine are um, getting aggressive with Russia. They've invaded. Uh, something they've like tried that. To take some land back, which belongs to Putin, and They're filled um, with Nazis know. as well. Yeah, Putin was trying to uh, be a peacemaker for as long as possible. Um, yep. I think they pushed him too far. And, and he, uh, he actually said the denazification of of Ukraine. Did he really use that language? Yeah, he did. <sighs> I mean, I've I, seen. Uh... I say he did. I read a, a quote on social media about right. about him saying that. So it must be true. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I noticed. Uh, you know, the UK government uh, is pushing for Russia to be kicked off the SWIFT payment system. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, so, how yeah. are they going to get their funds? Yeah, I, I know. this is the thing, right? When you start unraveling it, who's actually going to suffer more from this, right? These yeah. all these uh, oligarchs and uh, multi-billionaires in the UK uh, and the US that are funding sort of companies. Is it, it going to be Putin them? with his gold reserves and his ten-year plan that he's he's had in place for a long time? <laughs> you know, or or Johnson and his his um, his monthly stipends just suddenly yeah. drying up. <laughs> It's, uh, oh, yeah, it's Carrie's it. not going to be happy with the uh, latest renovations. No, um, yeah, someone else is going to have to pay for them. No, <laughs> exactly. It's it's going to no. be very austere, is all I can say. <laughs> but Les, how um, how's your week going? Uh, yeah, not bad. Not bad. Been uh, applying for plenty of jobs. Um, earlier this week, I've been troubleshooting a Synology NAS of all things. Wow. For a for a ph- photographer friend of mine, and Synology support are dreadful, absolutely dreadful. So yeah, I'm I'm surprised. I'm surprised. So yeah, it's been a challenging week for from that perspective. So yeah, uh, yeah it's it is it's Synology drive NAS that that basically drops the network connection every time you look at this this particular well not particular file any folder that's got large. Uh, individual files in the thousands, which is kind of like what a NAS does, right? It's, right. You know, these these files are they're images. They're between thirty and fifty meg each because uh, they're they're raw images. I think one folder's got ten thousand, another folder's got you know eight thousand, and etc. Work perfectly, and then suddenly doesn't. 
And it's kind of like what the the response was. Maybe you're asking too much from your NAS. What to save files <laughs> and deliver them back to me on request? Isn't you know the dictionary definition of a NAS, right? Oh dear. So <clears throat> yeah, have they got a solution, or is it? Um, no, not yet. Not yet. Uh, He's asked me the same question three times, and I've said three times. Have you tried rebooting it? Oh, jeez. <laughs> three times sort of saying, no, that's not what I've done. That's not what I've, I've done this. Okay, but what about the device that you connected directly to? No, I haven't connected a device directly to the NAS. Okay, understood. Well, they need to do more troubleshooting. But what about the device that you connected directly to the NAS? Oh, Jesus Christ. Brilliant. So, yeah, it's been uh, been frustrating. Been frustrating. But, you know, who knows? Tech support bet- could be... Coming from Ukraine, I don't know. Well, so I bet their support team's like, God, I hope Tom just gets another job right now because we can't keep dealing with this guy. When he's got, <laughs> when he's got spare time, he's a nightmare. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And, 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 that, and that's just it. applying for goddamn jobs. That's painful as well. I knew that would get you started. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Enough of the application forms, you know, finished off with, and now upload your CV. <laughs> and give us your LinkedIn, ad- uh, you know, uh, address. It's like seriously, I'm filling in all of this. I'm copying and pasting from my CV into here, and now you want my CV? Why? What does it do? I don't understand what these, you know, Workday or or whatever these applications are for for job job app- applicants. Why do I need to individually put in, you know, role of job one? Dates of job one, details of job one, role of job two, dates of job. Why do I need to do that? What what does the application give them that a CV doesn't? I don't get it. These are just uh, packaged um, solutions which they've got in house, aren't they? And it's yeah. like these fields are the most commonly asked for fields. Yeah, deployed it, out the box. Yep, exactly. Ah, oh, I actually gave up on one job. I just thought it wasn't worth it. <laughs> It wasn't worth it. It was so painful. And then there's others that are just like easy apply, dunk, upload everything from LinkedIn and attach your CV if you want. Why am I not doing, why is people not doing this? Yeah. You know, explain the reasons why you want to work with this company so I can feed my children joined up meat under a roof. You know? (laughs) Anyway, that was this week's rant of the week. (laughs) Rant of the week. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Shall we see what we've got coming up for you this week? So this week in Infosec mentions the word symbion, which will evoke different thoughts depending on your age. I'm interested in this one. Billy Big Balls is a Billy Blue Balls from Russia with lust. Rant of the week is the documentation of World War Three in only the way that tweenagers can. Industry News brings us the latest and greatest security news stories from around the world, and Tweet of the Week tells us it's time to update those LinkedIn endorsements. Okay, so now let's go on to our favourite part of the show, the part of the show that we like to call... This Week. In InfoSec. 
And I will just clarify, this is our favourite part of the show because of that jingle, right? It's nothing yeah. to do with the content. <laughs> we all love that royalty-free music. Oh, uh, yeah. But it is that part of the show where we take a stroll down InfoSec memory lane with content liberated from other people's art- uh, artefacts, archives. What was I going to say? Archives. Um, so yeah. our story this week, and, you know, I should clarify because you said it's... Um, I, I initially, when I wrote that show show notes about the Symbian, um, I thought, oh, that's a funny name because it's the uh, also the name of a sex toy. Um, what? <laughs> however, is that, is that when you put it on, put your phone on vibrate? Uh, is that well, what no, you mean? <laughs> it's not. I got it confused with, with the, the you know, Symbian. The, the like that big saddle, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I, no, sorry, no, yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, so, so he's there's pushing like a... his further <laughs> under the desk with his yeah. feet. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I was getting confused, and I've always thought that that was the uh, the same name, and I always thought, oh, that's funny, that uh, you know, it's the same <laughs> name. Um, but alas, I digress. I our first story takes us back a mere seventeen years to the twenty third of February two thousand and five. Uh, to the discovery of the first mobile phone virus, Kabir, uh, when that was announced. I have uh, no recollection of this. Ah, so specifically, right, Kabir was a worm that infected phones running the Symbian OS, uh, and then whenever an, act, uh, an infected phone is activated, the message Karib <laughs> is displayed. Karibe. Um, yeah, Karibe. And then the infected phone also attempts to spread the virus through Bluetooth signals. Um God, if if a virus could get Bluetooth to connect it to, uh, you know, in given 2005. it's 2005, if a virus <laughs> yeah. could get a phone to connect to another phone via Bluetooth, then well done, virus. It give, uh, <laughs> deserves to propagate. So I, I will clarify, okay? So this virus was not in the wild. It was actually sent directly to all uh, antivirus makers um, by the person that uh, created it oh. um, just to show that it can be done. Uh, and then obviously that that spawned a whole load of uh, AV software for mobile phones, right? It's That's proper responsible appearing. disclosure there, isn't it? It was, yeah. And I don't know the purpose of it or, or why they did that. Um, and I can't even give the credit to who did it um, because I kind of got hung up on the, the whole Symbian uh, company. <laughs> um, your research stopped as soon as you entered Symbian well, into, your, <laughs> into your search browser. Yeah, yeah, when I, uh, yeah I forgot uh, forgot the M. Um, <laughs> But it's only because so Simeon really sticks my mind because it was described as as one of the most successful failures in tech history, um, because it dominated the mobile phone world. Uh, was, you know, so mid to late two thousands. Was was it the Nokia one, Symbian? It was, yeah. So yeah. It, it's basically on hundreds of millions of handsets from Nokia. It's, the, it's um, when Finnish Nokia dying. went color, basically, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know if that was. That was it. But yeah, it was around that time. But to put it in perspective, like in mid 2007, which is when the iPhone was um, first launched, uh, Symbian was the leading mobile operating system on 65% of the mobile market. Holy moly. And at the same time, one in every two phones sold worldwide had the Nokia logo on it. How the mighty have fallen. I know, and they were literally the top-selling phone operating system across the world yeah. uh, until 2010. 
And then two years later, they just disappeared off the face of the earth. They, they moved into uh, network security products, didn't they? Or network switching and stuff like that. And um, sort, of, uh, sort of enterprise telco gear. Oh, was it? I don't know. I, I kind of thought, you know, this is harsh. Just the death of them was, um, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. kind of sad. If you think if you're an exec at Nokia or Symbian, like back in those days, you know, you've gone from your Palm Pilot. You know, they basically replaced file effectses. Um, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Initially, with their um, with their Palm Pilots, and then going on, and then all of a sudden they're just nowhere to be seen. You know, some yeah. guy in a black tur- turtleneck is sort of <laughs> telling the world. This it is makes the, you uh, wonder future. about Ericsson because they were similar, but then they yeah. partnered with Sony, and I wonder if that partnership with Sony is what saved them. So I had a Sony Ericsson phone back then because the cameras were superior to the Nokia's at the time. Yeah. You know, yeah. as a camera phone, you could get Oh, they even whole... just had a camera. Yeah, by default, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, it's a, a long thing. But, yeah, the, the security angle, I guess, it is the 17 years since a mobile phone virus uh, was there. But it's not... A, I'm trying to think these days of mobile phone viruses. We see the odd exploit here and there which causes the device to crash because i think uh, iphone yeah. obviously sandboxes everything um i think android is probably more susceptible to malware but even you then, get i the, don't think um, it's that widespread sms messaging attacks oh yeah but not viruses as such they're they're just very very specific and sort of discrete attacks against certain vectors right rather than something yeah. that just like blasts out but yeah, I, I mean, the, the the telco industry generally and the hardware manufacturers behind it, i.e. the the, the Ericsson's, the Nokia's, etc., that the last twenty odd years has got to seen more change than virtually any other industry <laughs> in a twenty yeah. year period, right? Yeah, you know, and the the the, the sheer volume of change as well you know number one going to literally the bottom of the of the uh, of the list it, i think it's incredible absolutely incredible and whatever you say about apple and jobs and iphones and all that sort of thing it was <clears throat> it was the iphone that really changed everything yeah it, changed- well, it took out every like blackberry Microsoft, uh, the, you know, the Windows phone. <laughs> it, it, yeah, because Windows phone was ostensibly doing the same thing, a graphical interface, you know, you could touch screen and all that sort of thing. But but iPhone or Apple took it and actually made it usable, made it attractive and put it in the hands of, of I don't know, you know, regular people. Obviously, the, the, it was also the, the time when... Um, uh, phones went uh, the cost of a phone went through the roof yeah uh but people were willing to pay it and are now willing to pay it. people will pay a thousand pounds for a phone over two years without a second thought now it's sadly it's, it's you know uh, unless you're in very specific circumstances it's almost the norm so yeah and to see such a change such a change it's quite astounding yeah, I remember the. Uh, do you remember the first Nokia tri-band phone? It was a little silver thing that you sort of slid down, and I remember freaking out. The cost of that was um, it's about two hundred and ninety pounds. Yeah, but yeah. I really wanted it, and I remember I was like, "God, two hundred and ninety pounds for the phone! This is crazy!" Yeah, 
<laughs> but then, but but that was a time when you your phone, um, the cost of your phone was built into your tariff, whereas the now contract, they're kind yeah. of like separate, aren't they? Yeah. But you I, can do I remember um, I was in India for th- for three or four months, and then traveling massively after that, and so my mobile phone went through the roof. And it came to my uh, renewal date, and this was after a year, uh, came to my renewal date, and I said, oh, well, what phone can I have? Because that was what you said, you know, what's what's the best phone I can get? And the, the, the guy on the end said, you can have anything you want. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm going to have whatever it was, XDA, I think, and, you know, the, the O2 XDAs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but but now, of course, it's completely separate. It's it's a... Uh, in the telcos create their own deals with um uh with the mobile phone uh, makers Company, yeah so oh man what a trip down memory lane incredible excellent okay. thank you very much andy for this week's this week in infosur this is the podcast the queen listens to Although she won't admit it. Your Majesty. Yes, indeed. Get well soon, I say. She's got COVID, doesn't she? She does. Yeah. Yeah, COVID-19. Oh, and um, Andrew, the Duke of York, has uh, Chloe, 17. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> that was a joke. I just want to make clear for all you lawyers out there. It was a joke. And if it wasn't considered a joke, it was Andy that said it. <laughs> Just saying. Um, now we were with a slight change to our running order, running order and schedule. We are going uh, to have this one first. <laughs> Or as I hinted at in the introduction, more like a Billy Blue Balls, right? Am I right? <laughs> uh, so um, let's see. There's two different styles of reporting here, which I love. Uh, it's obviously to do with Ukraine, because <laughs> how can it not be at the moment? So the New York Post, which is still you know a little bit of a trashy uh, um, uh, newspaper, Their headline is Sleeping with the Enemy. Russian troops try to pick up Ukrainian women on Tinder. (laughs) I mean, you've got to say that the the balls behind doing that is quite impressive. Um, Hey, you you recognise me. I'm the one in green. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take, though, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And also dates you don't take as well. Yeah. Um, but the best part of this, I think, is is the Sun's um, headline, which, which uh, obviously works with far more alliteration with Rude Army. Randy Russian soldiers bombard Ukrainian girls with flirty Tinder requests <laughs> with, a, with, with a picture of a very disappointed looking, presumably Ukrainian woman holding up her phone with lots yeah. of men in uniform <laughs> on it. So, but, yeah, I, I, I've, this is it's, – and it's actually going to lead into our next story, but this just goes to show how intertwined our lives are with 
modern social media and and uh, uh, apps and things like that. So obviously Tinder and other dating apps, there are other dating apps available, um, they, they're based around your location, what your physical location, and you can sort of set it to anywhere from, you know, one mile, 10 miles, 50 miles, whatever, for, outwards from you, you know, in a radius outwards from you. So obviously with all these soldiers moving over, you know, rather close initially <laughs> to the Ukrainian border, that's going to hit a few um, Ukrainian sort of towns and cities, right? So partly it's not surprising that, you know, these these um, uh, their feeds might change. What gets me is that they're actually responding. <laughs> I know. Aren't you doing something about now? It would be fascinating to see after the fact if Tinder were actually able to, based on this data alone, accurately locate uh, Russian forces in you know on on the border just from the data that they were able to harvest from the app. That would be, I think, that would be a really fascinating (laughs) uh, piece of insight because I, I, I tell you what, you know. The type of uh, OSINT you could get from this, or that the um, you know various armed forces could get, you know about troop movements, you know, based purely on <laughs> Tinder's hit rate. But yeah, I mean it's um, I mean Gen Z and you know millennials they they take a different approach to working life. Anyway. You know the generation changes. Uh, yeah, you know, of course. And these yeah. guys, yeah, they're out on the front line. They're like, well, I'm not married to my job. You know, I want a social right. life. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. I'm in combat, but I still have downtime. Mm. You know, why not? I need to go out and... I know, the Spetsnaz yeah. soldier has his needs, you know. Yeah, exactly. I don't, don't, they don't hate Ukrainians. They've just been sent out there to enforce, you know. Well, well yes, there is that, of course, you know. But but, I, but the, the other part of it is, why have they got their mobile phones on them anyway? <laughs> Oh, come on, be fair. You don't leave the house without your mobile phone, right? I'm also not about to invade the house next door. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, I mean, there, there are many questions raised uh, raised by this. <laughs> many, uh, many questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, were there any hookups? Well, I, I like the, the picture in the uh, Sun article. It actually has a picture of a guy. His Tinder profile picture is him... Uh, he's sort of naked, but he's got camo paint on in bed. Yeah, and he has a gun in his hand as well whilst he's sleeping. <laughs> whilst he's sleeping. Like, <laughs> this is just. I mean, who's swiping right on that? You know, is that a left or a right swipe? That, that's a that's a tough one. <laughs> Billy Big Balls of the week. It doesn't matter if the judges were drinking. Host unknown was still awarded Europe's most entertaining content status. In your face. <laughs> oh, wrong one, but... No, I no, thought no. it was that one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you wish you were. I'm going to have to find that one because I've only got the jingles labelled 1 to 12. I, I, oh, I no. actually have no idea which one I'm playing <laughs> at any given time. Uh, if we did an analysis, you'll certainly get to see what are my favourite numbers you know, <laughs> or favourite locations on the stream. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, so let's uh, move on to what would traditionally be the second part of the show, which is now the third part of the show. Listen up! Rant of the week. It's time to mother rage! 
And I'm going to take this one as well. And it's surprisingly not about job application sites. <laughs> it is rather unsurprisingly about the Ukraine. <laughs> There's a theme coming out. We're going to have to back off this. You know that. We're going to, yeah. After this, we're, we're, we're off That's this. That's it, yeah. No more. No more, exactly. Uh, so there was a, a, a Vice article. Uh, a war in Europe is being documented one social media post at a time. Yeah, and, and I've the seen reason it. Why, yeah, TikTok, but, Twitter, all yeah, over. Yeah, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, I mean, LinkedIn is all about, oh, I remember when I was in Russia doing business and all my friends out there, you know. Uh, so it's each each um, platform has its own flavour, I guess you yeah. could say. But the thing here is, and why this is a rant, I think, is it kind of trivialises what's going on to a certain extent. Yes, there is a there's a certain level of important stuff being reported here. So uh, there's quite a, uh, well, it must be famous by now, of an alleged Russian jet firing missiles at um, civilian housing blocks. You know, yeah. It's been shot from, from the... Uh, from the inside of, of, of one of the blocks. So, you know, absolutely important. And, and, you know, this is part of our historical record now. You know, in the past, historians, you know, would have written this down or it would have been filmed and put into something, you know, into some archive somewhere or whatever. But this is real, it's now, and it's also, a you know, as long as we have power and we don't sort of descend into nuclear apocalypse, it will be around forever, right? Um. And then you've also got um, sites, so Center for Information Resilience, and this is this is not picking them out uh, specifically, but they're also saying a lot of footage is being posted online of Russian military movements along the re- Ukrainian border. We're working with the OSINT community to document, verify, and map this information. You can find our map of verified movements. So actually, there's it's almost like uh, a... a a resistance without actually openly resisting. You know, all you're doing is, you know, taking a photo of a Russian soldier somewhere in a shopping mall or whatever and posting it and someone is correlating that with with um other information. So it's it's like a you know a massive sensor net for, for yeah. one to one to So you've basically got two teams here playing uh, battleships. Yeah. Um, with yeah. sort of scouts out on the ground. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Except of course Ukraine does have the advantage here um, because it's you know it's home turf, right? And there's there's more Ukrainians with phones than there are soldiers with guns. For now, uh, yes, <laughs> yeah, I think that's for uh, now. Yeah, for now. And there's reporting. This is a changing situation. By the time this uh, this show's published, it may be the other way around. Like, yeah. Right. Oh my yeah. goodness. Uh, especially given the amount of editing I'm going to have to do. <laughs> but. Um, and there's there is some good stuff coming out here, you know, movements of trucks on on highways and motorways, and um, you know all that sort of stuff. Uh, people sending messages back to their loved ones. So you've got a Ukrainian soldier, you know, basically sending a message back to the loved one. Yeah, basically, we're under heavy bombardment. I mean, it's this is this is um, this is heartbreaking stuff. The reason this is a rant of the week is is twofold. And this isn't a black and white issue. I have to say, this is this is slightly more 
you know, two or even three dimensional than that. But the reason I think this is a rant is one, I think we end up watching, uh, was it all well said? Um, the, the, the fall of civilization is when you've got one half of, of the world watching on TV, the other half of the world starve or something like that. Yeah. Right? And this is a very similar thing. We're sat here just numbly looking through our devices and seeing this stuff play out as if it's Call of Duty or Battlefield. And it, and it completely sort of trivializes what's actually going on. Um, and is also very much open to uh, to influence. So we know that uh, Russia has a huge number of uh, you know social media influencers on uh, on platforms like Twitter, In every world, yeah, every country, yeah, Facebook, yeah. etc. And so they will be influencing uh, people by um, you know by the rest of the world by posting their own stuff. And you know, very much mixing this thing up, mixing up the the messages that we should be getting. So it's it's quite a dangerous thing to be obtaining all of your sources from. But the other side is, and there there, there has been a push about general OSINT people using this information to track not just Russian but also Ukrainian forces. Yeah, and so and that you know, and this is painting very much a you know good guy, bad guy scenario between Russia and Ukraine. But I think I think it's fair to say that at this point we're very much, you know, Russia Russia are the baddies in this particular game that we're playing. Um, so what that means is that all of the Ukraine's efforts in, in sort of repelling the attacks could be undermined purely by some some uh, some person in their base in their basement sitting in there for 48 hours tracking OSINT and saying, oh, aren't I very, very clever here, is actually significantly undermining any kind of, of resistance efforts. So, uh, like I say, this isn't a black and white issue, but it is quite a challenging one that we need to address and actually come out and start to look at some more perhaps um, trusted news sources. Uh, well, you can get the uh, RT news. Uh, Russia today uh, has always been. <laughs> it's always been a favourite of yours. <laughs> always been a favourite of mine. Uh, very clear with the message there. There's, uh, you know, no room for interpretation. No, no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a uh, it's a tricky one. And like I say, I guess you know, we, as a world, we've become so accustomed to news and information just being available to us at the the end of our fingertips that. You know, I've seen a lot of these comments on, you know, TikTok. It's like, you know, I can't believe I'm watching World War Three on my phone. Yes. It's, you know, it's the That's most exactly it, unreal right? yeah. thing. Um, it's almost like, do you remember that Fast and Furious movie, Tokyo Drift, where they're kind of, they're doing the race and everyone's streaming it on their mobile phone so they can see where it is. <laughs> and, you know, that was sort of like CGI'd at the time because, you know, the technology just didn't do that. Um, but now it does. There's live streams. You know, I've seen live streams of like shelling and stuff going on. Yeah. It's like, holy crap. Yeah. You know, this is. But, yeah, no, it's. Uh, I don't know where to go on this one. Yeah. I'll tell you where we'll go. Rant of the week. This is the Host Unknown Podcast, the couch potato of InfoSec Broadcasting. So, Andy, have we got the time? 
Uh, we do. Let me check the time. It is that time of the show where we head over to our news sources over at the InfoSec PA Newswire, who have been very busy bringing us the latest and greatest security news from around the globe. Industry News. Banking world rocked after leak exposes 18,000 Credit Suisse accounts. Industry News. Teen framed for cybercrime files lawsuit. Industry News. US receives ransomware warning. Industry News. EU deploys cyber response unit to Ukraine. Industry News. Ofcom set to crack down on phone fraud. Industry News. Vishin makes phishing campaigns three times more successful. Industry News. Nonprofits form cyber coalition. Industry News. WMATA Twitter account hacked. Industry News. Ukraine attacked with wiper malware. Industry News. And that was this week's... Industry News. Huge if true. Huge if true. Your, your, your first one I read as teen frames for cybercrime files lawsuit. Uh, as opposed to what? Teen frames for cybercrime files lawsuit. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I guess this is uh, <laughs> this is where you know you get our interpretation of how we read these things based on uh, the headline. Based on the headline, you can't believe he's filing a lawsuit, and I can't believe he was framed for filing lawsuit. Yeah, so I'm actually looking at it, and it's a story. It's not a he; it's a she. So you know, don't assume genders, Tom. Um, oh. You know, you know this. So, the family of a teenage girl from Florida who was arrested and detained over cyber threats she didn't make. Ooh. Is suing her former school and Meta, aka Facebook. Um, so this is a 13-year-old that was uh, arrested in November of last year for making a written threat to do bodily harm or commit an act of terrorism, uh, and she was charged with a second-degree felony. felony. What? Yeah. Um, How can a 13-year-old be charged with a felony? Oh no! So it looks like threatening messages were sent to students and staff at her school. Uh, threats were reported to the police. School was placed on a code yellow alert. I guess this is an Americanism because you know we we generally don't have those type of alerts in. No, um, a code yellow <laughs> alert is when the urinal overflows in the <laughs> yeah, school. Exactly. Um, so the threat assessment team was immediately deployed to investigate the incident uh, and ultimately identified and arrested a 13-year-old female who was a former student at the school. Um, so she spent 11 days in juvenile detention. She denied all the charges. Um, and, oh, gee, so following an extensive and thorough investigation, the original student arrested in this case was exonerated of these charges. Whoa. Yeah. It's not so they're really, saying they, they had probable cause, but they uncovered new evidence while she was being arrested. That it implicated one of her supposed victims as the, the new suspect. Damn. Who's probably, so, probably being told, don't do that again. Well, this is right. So a 12-year-old was then found to have maliciously impersonated victim one by using her information to create an email address and open multiple accounts, Instagram accounts. Uh, she then sent herself and other students multiple threatening messages and intentionally lied to law enforcement to frame victim one. 
At 12? Wow. What kind of screwed up Jeff to be to do that? Well, do you know what? It's not, I mean, creating a, this is it, right? There's no checks done, right? Identity yeah. check. In fact, are you even allowed to open Instagram accounts if you're under 13? Uh, no, I don't think you are. Don't, yeah, I don't so, think you are. Yeah. yeah, lots of questions on this one. But uh, yeah, so the victim is suing the, uh, seeking damages for $30,000 for mental and emotional stress. Good. Which I think, yeah. I, mean, that's, I think that's that's a small price to pay. Yeah, so I guess eleven days in juvenile detention though. That is a lot. And yeah. I wonder if the twelve when year you're old 13. was then arrested. Yeah. That's that's Jeez. the thing. That's that's the uh, the part that's quite concerning. Um the one the first one I read, the banking world rocked after leak exposes eighteen thousand credit suisse accounts. We're so used to millions and millions of accounts being leaked. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a lot, does 18, it? Eighteen thousand doesn't sound like a lot until you realise that probably credit suisse accounts are these secret Swiss bank accounts, maybe? Are they oh, you know, high net worth individuals? Is it, is maybe? it gonna be like a you know, Panama Papers style thing where we're gonna mm. see lots of dodgy payments leaked in it. So that'll be that'll be really interesting to find to find out as well. Uh, Ofcom set to crack down on phone fraud. Isn't that what they're supposed to do anyway? I know. That's, that's, Ofcom announced they're going to do their job. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, the one I saw, uh, I was interested, the non-profits form cyber coalition. And you kind of think, we've got enough coalitions, right? We've got coalitions yeah. coming out of our ears. Um, but this is actually the 22 founding members of this non-profit are some well-known people. So like the OWASP uh, Foundation, um, Crest International, the, the Cloud Security Alliance, uh, Anti-Phishing Working Group, Centre wow. for Internet Security. So some quite the, you know, the big guns of the uh, industry. And, and the fact that there's 22 of them. I oh, know, I didn't realise there was that many. I mean, what one it tell? I wonder how many how many other alliances are in there building this alliance. It's, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're saying they're open to uh, other members if if you're a non-profit. Um. Yeah, welcome to. Uh, I personally oh, yeah. am definitely a non-profit at the moment. <laughs> I wonder if I could join. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, I've got uh, one of WN those companies. ATA Twitter account hacked. Is is that a wrestling thing? Uh, so, Joe, you know, I I don't even know if it's pronounced, you know, Wamata. I don't know. It's the Washington Metropolitan Area Transit Authority. Oh, um, I, I, so, I thought some wrestlers were going to. Yeah, were, no. Were... So he, he hacked the, oh, I say he, the, assuming. The hacker hacked the uh, account uh, and changed the account name from Metro to Blueface the Bus and then uh, left a series of unsolicited comments. Blueface the Bus. Yeah. <laughs> What the hell's that? Uh, yeah, posted. Uh, one of the posts says, "Okay, serious question: Are we a good bus station or are we ass?" <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> saying, "Anyone here have boobs?" Lol. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so I'm guessing we could uh, guess a... the age of the, uh, <laughs> the hacker, and and probably the gender as well. Let's yeah. face it. Uh, th this is this is a 14 year old boy. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely has. I put money on it being 14 years old and a boy. Yeah. So uh, what's uh, uh, the... Okay, this happened after another account was uh, taken over by an unauthorised party, Metro Rail. Um, it posted, we ain't hacked. I just hate being a social me media manager for an effing bus Twitter. <laughs> 
I think someone someone else is going to be is being framed right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear, that's a ruin somebody's day. Excellent, excellent. Thank you very much for this week's industry news. You're listening to the award-winning Host Unknown podcast. Uh, uh, oh. Officially more entertaining than smashing security. In your face! There you go, just for there you, Andy. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we come crashing into the end of the show. Blimey. Uh, so, Andy, this one's over to you for this week's... Tweet of the Week. Uh, we always play that one twice. Tweet of the Week. It is, and this week's tweet is from friend of the show, Daniel Cuthbert. Uh, this is, I think, quite topical. Uh, we've tried to keep the Ukraine content light, but uh, <laughs> it's always going to come back to it, right? Um, so Dan says LinkedIn is going to need to update their endorsement tags after this episode, and he's put some suggested tags. He's got geopolitical threat intelligence, advanced covert cyber operations and planning, cyber weapons expert, <laughs> Cyber recce expert and underground state adversarial interactions. <laughs> you can uh, you can imagine how many armchair um, experts are going to be adding these tags to their uh, their profiles. Um, I, I I did read one the other day that said the the number of people who are going to going to move from being vaccine export experts to um, you know geopolitical yeah. uh, uh, war experts is overnight. Is, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. They've now uh, got something else to focus on. Yeah, there was. Uh, I did like someone commented uh, and said, "Oh, cyber sabotage engineer." Like, is suggesting another tag. Cyber <laughs> so, sabotage. He's responded and he says, uh, "AKA push to prod at three fifty-five on a Friday." <laughs> <laughs> oh oh man! Brilliant, brilliant. Thank you. That was this week's. Tweet of the week. Blimey, that flashed past, didn't it? It did, thankfully. I mean, you know, it's tough to uh, Jav, you know, contributed as much as usual. Well, yeah, exactly. But he normally does have a few words in there to sort of act as filler, let's face it. Yeah, but uh, alas, he'll be back next week. So back to the the more heavyweight show. Yeah, (laughs) quite literally. He, he's flying back uh, this weekend, and he was worried about flying over Ukraine. And I saw a, <laughs> was it a, 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 a flight radar twenty four? And because yeah. of the scale and the, the size of the little icons <laughs> for planes, obviously it looks like you know you can't see the ground for planes, right? But yeah. there is this massive hole around Ukraine at the moment. Yeah, he's got nothing to worry about. No. What he needs to worry about is uh, what customs do to him after we send that message. Uh, this That's is true. A, that little anonymous tip. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, uh, teach him with the, his eight suitcases. Yeah, this is the anonymous tip where the uh, the security uh, officer says to Jav, "This won't be just the tip." <laughs> yeah. Oh dear! Oh dear! Excellent. Thank you very much, Andy. Uh, I do hope you have a lovely and restful weekend. Stay secure, my friends. Stay secure. You've been listening to the Host Unknown Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, comment and subscribe. If you hated it, please leave your best insults on our Reddit channel. Worst episode ever. R slash smashing security.
We did all right. We didn't mention uh, Oksana. We didn't mention, um, you know, Vladimir too much. No, no. Kept it. But hey, I mean, what what podcast is going to go live this week without talking about Ukraine? What's exactly. In Ukraine? It's exactly. Crazy. And let's face yeah. it, all Putin wants is peace, right? Absolutely. That's what uh, I hear. Little piece of Dubrovnik and a little piece of Kiev. I hope you don't get sued for that. <laughs> oh, hello, brother. Oh, hello. <laughs>